It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy a sort of live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a special Labor Day best of of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Today's a day to relax, get a little R&R, you know, pretend you're the president of the United States and do what he's been doing for the last 60 days. And, of course, celebrate your unique American privilege, which I will be doing today with a best-of episode consisting of some of my favorite interviews uh, involving people who are running for president at this very moment, some who served under the past president, Donald Trump, as well as some pop culture superstars and some participants in my moon landing documentary. It was a busy summer for me. Uh, I did stand up in pretty much every state, uh, including the state of the de- denial, according to Lucy. And uh, we had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. Uh, but as you'd imagine, I'm in the backyard right now doing what I do best, uh, which is getting tanked and lighting the grill. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through lifestyle. No, man, But it is a great way to go through today's show. So without further ado, I bring on our first guest, a South Carolina senator turned GOP presidential candidate, Give it up for Tim Scott. Jimmy, I, I assure you that I want the presidential thing to work out mm-hmm. because my 40 speed has dropped to 5.7. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that's going to work in the NFL, <laughs> even for alignment these days. Well, listen, uh, is that just to be clear, is that minutes? <laughs> I love the way you think. But mine are in minutes, yours are in hours, but who's counting, Jimmy? Who's counting? Listen, these days, the bar is not high. If you could just stay on your feet, you could be president these days. Well, you, you know, listen, I know there's an old joke about walking and chewing gum. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I will, however, say I am looking forward to leading this country to another American century. We love it. Uh, listen, you'd be no doubt you'd be a great voice in the huddle, but we got to get in on all the breaking news today. I saw you on Let's with Harris it. earlier in the day. OK, is it not a little rich that the Democrats are having the reaction that they are to this Supreme Court ruling, given how much effort they've put into blocking school choice? Yeah, well, Jimmy, I'm glad you were the first host to say that. Boom. In my opinion, what is absolute insanity is the radical left blocking the way to quality K through 12 education for our poorest Americans, be they black or white, resigning them to not achieving their full American dream. Even if it doesn't include going to college, it does include being a lifelong learner. And I can't think of a bigger obstruction to children today being educated and not indoctrinated than the big labor union and the stronghold, frankly, the stranglehold they have on radical left leadership. 
No, it's so true. We're talking to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and that's where I think their grift lies, okay, because there's two things in play here. One, okay, they're denying them access to a quality education by trapping them in failing schools, but two, I believe they're falsely alleging and almost infantilizing minority students by saying they couldn't get into these colleges on the merits. Like, in my worldview, like, I don't throw the race card around for fun, and I know you don't either, but don't you think on some level that does fit into the parameter of the soft bigotry of low expectations? Absolutely. Jimmy, here's what I heard from President Obama and others today, President Biden to be included, Mm -hmm. is that if you are black, you simply cannot compete. What a dangerous, dangerous message to send to young kids today. Why in the world would you ever posit a position that in order to succeed in America, you have to be an exception and not the rule, when in fact their own lives are a testament to human flourishing and American progress. Here's why. They cannot give an inch on any measurable progress in this nation because measurable progress in reasonable time jeopardizes their control, their power over our lives. Gosh, it's so, such a good point. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is on the phone. Something I heard you say to Hannity is the left busts out the race card whenever they're losing the argument. And uh, yes. it's no, it's, abs- it's absolutely true. We've been making this point forever on the show, too. And uh, one of the takeaways I had from that town hall was you were being asked about your reaction uh, to Barack Obama's comments that, you know, you and maybe even Nikki Haley are part of like this historic legacy of Republicans who, you know, go with this whole, you know, everybody can make it mentality. But aren't you like on some level, OK, to be characterized as such by the guy who ran on Yes, We Can? Aren't you kind of blown away to see him repurpose his act as a no, we can't? Listen, I could a high compliment from former President Obama to attack me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the compliment. I am a threat. Trust me, the truth of my life disproves the lies of the radical left. B, the guy who ran on hope and change and then delivered another Democrat administration that was unfocused on delivering resources for the most fragile in this country— I'm here to change that. We are going to do what Americans want us to do, which is return their resources, let them decide their dreams, let them live their lives, let them celebrate their families, and we're going to watch them succeed. Because in America, all things are possible for all people. And yes, I'm optimistic that the next American century will be better than the last American century, that we are indeed a country that judges individuals on character, not on color. I am not fixated on the rearview mirror of life. I am fixated on the windshield of life. I want everybody listening to remember this like three weeks from now when they're reading a headline that you're being called a white supremacist. <laughs> it's coming, man. It's, oh, trust me. Uh, you've heard you're worse. right, Jimmy. I know. You're right. But it's so it's so cheap, and this is the reason they do feel so threatened by you. We talk about this on the show, man, all the time. We don't just bust on you for your movie picks. I just want you to know that. You, you, no, you, you do get a lot of favorable coverage over here from time to time. If we're not talking about movies, you do great on the show. But stick with me, okay? No, they are th- very well threatened by the idea of you and your story because it forces the conversation to a substantive place. And they've really just, they've gotten away with a lot. And what I mean by that is for all the grievance and all the division that the Democrats have pushed, they haven't, there there are no deliverables for black America. Like you couldn't point to anything that they were better off having voted Democrat for. Even Ice Cube said that. Ice Cube is on your side when you think about it, Tim Scott. 
Well, well, Jimmy, think about it this way. Here's what I did when I had the majority. Number one, I helped write the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that cut a single mother's taxes by 73%. Unfortunately and disproportionately, single mothers are women of color. Number two, I said education is the closest thing to magic. So we went to work providing more resources for more schools around the country, and then we did what not even President Obama did. We made the funding for historically black colleges and universities permanent. The GOP, the Great Opportunity Party, took the funding to the highest level ever and then made it permanent. Number three, we took unemployment down for every single demographic in the country. Because when you believe that a person with a job is a part of dignity and self-respect, you make an economy that works for the average person in the country. We brought unemployment to the lowest level ever recorded at that time for African-Americans, for Hispanics, for Asians. 70-year low for women, 50-year low for the general population. Here's what we proved. Conservatism works. It works for the poor. It works for the rich. It works for the black. It works for whites. It works for folks on one side of the tracks and the other side of the tracks. We just need a president who believes in the American people more than they believe in the American government. Oh, could you imagine? And, and you know, what's so true about what you're saying, and this is what I find fascinating, is that we're living in like this pretend world in identity politics that pretends we have different needs. But the truth is we all want the same things. It doesn't matter what your skin color exactly. is. And that's, yes. the, that's, but that's the part I think is so cheap. And I mean, you grew up and persevered in a, in a particular chapter in this country where there was a lot more adversity than there is today, but it's almost like Absolutely. they don't, but they don't want to acknowledge the problem because that kind of, you know, lets the air out of the grift, does it not? Jimmy, Jimmy that's why I said what I said earlier. Yeah. They okay. cannot give a single inch on measurable progress in America because that will disrupt their narrative. To say that America is not a racist country is just to state the truth. To suggest that there's no discrimination in America is wrong. There are There is a lot of discrimination in America. And frankly, as the guy who's received a lot of discrimination, today I receive more discrimination from people who look like me than those who don't. No, That's just yeah. unbelievable and embarrassing to some extent. But here's what I understand. Mm -hmm. I want people to see what I do, not just what I look like. I want people to judge me on how I treat them. I want people to experience the same America that I did. And that's why I'm running for president. That's why going to votetimscott.com, making a contribution, learning about my story, getting involved in this new American revolution is important because we're going to change the course of history together. Imagine that. Do you think, uh, is Obama going to call you and apologize? Well, you know, that's never going to happen. It's <laughs> <laughs> like me getting you to believe that Rocky Three is the best movie of all time. <laughs> no. It's like getting you to say yeah. Mr. T was right when he said, I'm going to beat that sucker. No. <laughs> well, here's listen. What we're gonna, <laughs> here's what we're going to see. Mm -hmm. We're going to see America rise in spite of the naysayers, no matter who they are. Um, well, listen, I want to give you one, one bit of feedback really quick, okay? Brian Kilmeade, yes, who works here at Fox,
has been, you know, Fox and Friends. And, yeah, he's been working oh, yeah. overtime to rehabilitate your image because he claims Rocky Three is the best because he lost the title, had to win it back, and he lost Mickey along the way. Now, uh-huh. Kilme did talk some smack about my outfit this morning on Fox and Friends, so I'm not going to sit here and give him his participation trophy just yet. But here's my <laughs> bigger concern for the country, is if we're going to put it in Rocky three terms, okay? If the Democrats have their way, the next Rocky would involve Mr. T changing to Mrs. T and fighting Adrian instead of Rocky. Um, is a Tim yeah. Scott president, uh, is a President Tim Scott prepared to stand up for biological women in sports? Well, listen, here's what I said. Uh, I said it on a recent TV commercial. Transgender ideology is ruining women's sports. I can't think of anything more unfair from a sports perspective than having a college athlete who was a guy start competing against women because he thinks he's a female. That is something that will ruin women's sports. Too many people, too many young ladies have invested their entire lives to be competitive only to lose to someone it doesn't have their same biology. Yeah, it's a scam. No, and 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 the people appreciate you getting behind that because I can tell you it's it's one of those issues where the Democrats have successfully uh, created a gap between what people believe to be true and what they're willing to say in public because they so fear the social pressure campaign that comes their way. Absolutely. Yeah, so the yep. fact that you're willing to fly into that storm is a big deal. And the fact that you're willing to acknowledge that we're Mrs. T to fight Adrian, just to be clear, <laughs> we're all betting Mrs. T, are we not? Well, I, listen, that's a confusing question. <laughs> good for day. you. That's, that, that's, well, that's some good media training. Last question, and I'll let you go. Okay. The f- 4th of July is coming. Uh, I know you'll be celebrating our great nation as it turns 247. Uh, can you put in a word for South Carolina barbecue? Because the North Carolina reps that come on the show just trash it. Uh, do you have any leg to stand on in this battle, or are you guilty as charged? Well, let me just tell you the historical truth of the issue of barbecue. Barbecue originated in the great state of South Carolina. If you want to know how to make good barbecue, you've got to go to the creators to read the barbecue Bible, as I would call it. Hold on. There's no question that the best barbecue in the nation is, is in South Carolina. Can I tell you, for all the things we just discussed on this show, that'll be the headline with our listeners, just so you know. <laughs> they'll go to your website, though, if you want to throw a Both recipe. And vote for barbecue. <laughs> Rock and roll. Well, we'll enjoy your barbecue. Happy Fourth of July. I appreciate the time, as always, my man. Keep playing good ball. Appreciate it. You're the Thank best. You, God bless, Jimmy. My Thank man, you. the great Senator Tim Scott. Go to votetimscott.com. Give him a look. I got to tell you, man. The Democrats horrified, horrified of the idea that on 150 radio stations across the country, they just heard that man refute their entire thesis. No, No, they are not happy because that's the whole grift, man. That's why I love having him on. When you actually listen to him talk, you're saying like Tim Scott is descendant of slaves. You know, we talk about all this pretend oppression and everything, like, you know, that's not going on, okay? He grew up in an era when it was going on, okay? He grew up in the South when it really was not a tolerant nor an inclusive society. The South as we know it today still gets stereotyped by Northerners, but there are more minorities moving to the South, specifically Southern states like his, than anywhere else in the country because it's not the South that's caricatured as, okay? But the Democrats are so threatened by that honest and open conversation that if you go read, like, his Twitter thread, it's actually horrifying, like, the racist things that are aimed at him because they're just trying to shut him down. Okay, again, if you think back to the 2020 election, 
Obama doesn't get out of bed and start campaigning till there's like two weeks to go. He's their closer. Same thing in the midterms. He's only out there the weekend you're about to vote. Okay, the old adage in comedy is that you don't open with your closer. Why don't you do that? Because if your closing joke is big and crazy and thought-provoking, whatever the hell it is, chances are if you open with it, you're not going to be able to follow it the rest of the way. Okay? The only time you find yourself in the position of opening with your closer is if you're doing a really short set or you're in a really tight spot. Okay, Barack Obama, who is traditionally the Democrats' closer, he's the most popular member of their party. He's the guy they trot out to deliver their closing message. They now have him on the starting blocks because Tim Scott is out there forcing a regular conversation around every issue facing Americans as opposed to relegating us to little racial boxes. And I'm telling you because I care. Okay, these folks are absolutely horrified about the fact that he would take away their race card. Why? The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Tim Scott. Always a great guy to have on the show, even on a show like today where we're doing a best of and shouting out people and shouting out the country. And one thing that definitely deserves shouting out, you know, when we get back to work on Tuesday, day after Labor Day, and we really dig in, which is tomorrow. So buckle up, girlfriend. Uh, I will be in overdrive getting ready for my stand up comedy special, which tapes October the 13th at the Paramount in Huntington, New York. If you are in the area, if you are not in the area, get to Tickets to the dang show and come support your radio buddy. It's only the biggest night of my career. Uh, it could actually wind up being the worst night of my career, depending on what kind of jokes we wind up telling on the state on the stage that night. That can't be good. <laughs> no, it could be great. You'll have a piece of history. You might very well become the very first passenger in my second go round as a cab driver. There's a lot, a lot of fun to be had, a lot of potential uh, at the Paramount. It is Friday night, October the 13th. Tickets are on sale and. And they're selling really well. Apparently, there's a lot of chubby chasers out there that want to come get a piece of your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. But essentially, you know, as I toured all summer working on, you know, material and kind of crafting what I thought would be a comedy thesis, what I've essentially arrived at is the conclusion that I'll be running for president on October the 13th. I'm not actually running because I can't pass the background check. But you'll basically hear me proposing a lot of changes to how we could be doing things better in this country. But by no means is it a call to arms so much as it a call to chill the f out. OK, I am not recruiting for a political party so much as I am, you know, recruiting for a keg party. So if you make it out to the Paramount, you're going to have a good time. You're going to meet a lot of my Fox friends. And you're going to leave with a little bit of political perspective. Because that's the only thing I can really offer you. Nobody's going to copy off me on a test. They certainly don't want diet tips. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm like an old Jamaican woman. You know those who are like, hey, man, that's okay. I'm the Bobby McFerrin of politics. Don't worry. Be happy. And buy some tickets to see me at the Paramount on Friday night, October the 13th. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. It is a Labor Day best of edition of the show. I, of course, highlighted some of the interviews, some of the guests 
that I thought were, you know, probably some of the best moments we had on the show this summer, but either because they were newsworthy, because, you know, maybe they in, informed my perspective, you know, in, in a whole different way as the Bill Barr interview that's coming up in the next hour did. But maybe it's just because I got to see a side of a major political figure that I hadn't seen publicly before, which is kind of the hook of the show. We always say we bring people on and punch them in the person. It's not so much about their policies, which you can get all over the TV and all over social media, so much as it's about using the unique latitude we have on radio that 10-minute interview, that 12-minute interview, which is about five times as much as you get on TV, it's about using that latitude to really get behind the person. And I got to be honest, after the 12 or 13 minutes we spent with Nikki Haley, I really got a kick out of the person. I thought she was funny. She took a couple of shots at me, which, to be honest, were well-deserved. Uh, but all things considered, I think a woman of her chops, you know, meaning her intellectual acumen and the fact that she does have such a good conversational handle when you're just socializing with her behind the scenes is why she's surging to the extent that she has since the first GOP debate. I would only expect her to surge more this fall. So give a good listen to my homegirl, Nikki Haley. Jim Jordan was on Hannity last night talking about anti-Trump bias in the U.S. intel community in both 2016 and 2020. Here it is, clip 12. In 2016, it was the Clinton campaign working with the FBI to go after President Trump and his election, his campaign. In 2020, it was 51 former CIA agents and, and intel officials working with the Biden campaign to do the same thing. So we've seen it twice now. One, it was the FBI. The second one, it was former intel officials, but the same objective to go after President Trump and keep him from being president. This report was as tough as you could get. It said the Comey FBI failed to uphold its mission of fidelity to the law. Think about that. Failed to follow the laws, what it found. No evidence, no predicate, no evidence whatsoever to start this investigation. Think about that. They broke the law. The FBI's response to this, this is my favorite thing in the world, okay? It's my favorite thing. So these guys were found to have knowingly lied to obtain warrants. The FBI reacts to yesterday's findings by saying, we've already issued corrective actions, which have been in place for some time. So are you telling me it took a corrective action to tell FBI agents not to lie under oath? I mean, up until now, we would just tell them, say whatever the hell you want. I mean, the point is, this is a scam. It can't be taken seriously. And they were doing this to protect a Democratic candidate for the White House. They did this again in 2020 with the Hunter Biden laptop. You should be bothered by the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, that's election interference, straight up. Okay, 51 intelligence members, uh, members of the intelligence community, signed a letter saying it was classic Russian disinformation, knowing full well that it wasn't, do you understand? That's election interference. They're getting a story off the table that could be potentially damaging to one side. All the people telling you they want to protect democracy are the ones undermining democracy. And it's not just elections they're not protecting, it's the border. Let me give you one, because we never get to do this. Okay, I'm very critical of the Cuomos. As you know, our former dirtbag governor got kicked out of office, talking about a handsy Andy Cuomo. Hey! Of course. And why did he get in trouble? Because of, uh, you know, had a little problem with office etiquette around the ladies. You ever seen a grown man naked? So as you'd imagine, his brother, who was ultimately fired for conspiring with him to cover up that scandal and trash witnesses, 
I don't really make a habit of praising Chris Cuomo. You know, I'm sure I'd, you know, work in with him at the gym while he's doing pull-ups or squats or whatever the hell he's always doing. Like, a, anyone live-streaming their workouts, by the way, is a jackass. Can we, just, can we just agree on that? We don't need to see working out. So, again, it's not every day that I'd get to praise Chris Cuomo or even I'd take a, a position in agreement. But here he is, Chris Cuomo, of all people, trashing this administration for ignoring the border. Clip 21. The media made a big mistake taking a pass on this because we don't have the spectacle of massive crowds, okay? Because the absence should be more frightening because we need to know the answer of where they are. And it really is an indication of how broken this system is. And you have to remember, we do this to ourselves, okay? This border is not secure because that's the way the people in power prefer it, right? and left are wholly unreasonable on this issue. The right couldn't wait for the hordes to come through. And then when they didn't, we have our president laughing. Ha, ha, ha. It's not as bad as you expected. Really, with record numbers being processed and released into America, it's no laughing matter. But if it is a joke, the joke is on us because the people in power are allowing this to continue. And he's not wrong there. Okay, but whenever you hear somebody like Mayorkas telling you, well, you know, we just need to pass this legislation. People aren't coming to the border because of legislation. They're coming to the border because they're getting in. It's very straight up. Border enforcement is not immigration reform. Okay, policy. Policy is one thing. Enforcement is another. And when they conflate the two because they'd rather run on the issue than solve it, we all become less safe as a result. That's the problem right now. The border, the Biden clip he was referring to is Biden was in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware over the weekend. I don't remember that ever happening. But it was. It did. Here it is. His talking to reporters, clip 22. You think things are going at the border, sir? Much, better than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> Do you have any plans to visit no, the border? I think. Pardon me? Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term, no. No, just be disruptive, not... I mean, dude. You are so full of sh It would just be disruptive. No, I can't go. It's not as bad as we expected, really. Six million people have come into this country. It is an all-time record. Resources are strained. Veterans are getting kicked out of hotel rooms to accommodate migrants who snuck into the country. So if you fought for this country, you're in the streets. But if you snuck on in, you're in the suites. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. Folks, I tell you all the time, our country is in need of bold leadership. Uh, this next candidate for the Republican nomination for the president of the United States is only one brave enough to come on the show twice, which means she is either a bold leader or a heavy drinker. Or it's a lot of fun. A little bit of, oh, how about that? She's buttering me up now. Last time she came in, guns blazing, wiped out the studio. But Nikki Haley is back in the house, and the crowd goes wild. Good to see you. Thanks. It's great to be back. It's good for morale. I like having you around. We, we get into music. We do a lot off the air. People That's should true. know that. We That's have like a true. second show. Like we should release the director's. A behind the scenes. Yeah, we should release the director's cut. You know, a movie comes out and they're like, these are the scenes that didn't make it. Like you and I talking about traveling was a good show. There was a good travel show. It's true. It's Come true. On, Nikki Haley. Well, you're back in New York. Um, unfortunately, you do have to pay for your hotel because you didn't sneak into the country. 
That is true. I don't know. I hate to tell no you, No free team, cell phone for me either. I don't know. I don't know how the campaign budgeted for this trip, but you will have to pay because you are a legal citizen. It's a weird time, I know. <laughs> um, are you kind of surprised by the brazen nature of putting the needs of people coming into the country ahead of the people who have not only lived here legally, but in a lot of instances fought to protect this country? We've seen veterans evicted from hotels. I mean, it is the twilight zone, and it is the most un-American thing I can imagine. You, these, these people are willing to shed blood for us, and we're going to say, oh, go ahead, we need you to leave so that we can allow people who didn't come here legally, and we're going to go take care of them instead of the ones that defended our freedoms. It, it defies all logic. That part drives me crazy. I mean, we were just reading a report that they're going to be housing migrants in school gyms. So you're talking about, like, imagine you're playing a game of Red Rover, but they're actually sending people over. It used to just be, like, the people in class. It's a weird time to be alive. But what I'm amazed by is almost the indifference. Because this is a humanitarian crisis. Um, the numbers we've already hit since this president took office are, you know, not, never before seen in the country. But what happens at the border winds up in 50 states. I mean, have you heard about it in your travels? When you're on the road, is the border something that comes up when you're in Iowa? I mean, this is more than a crisis. This is a national security threat. Mm -hmm. Iran has said the easiest way to come into America is through the southern border. And we're just saying, come on in. We'll give you a cell phone and we'll give you some money along the way. I mean, the problem is we have to acknowledge what happened. I went to the border and I didn't just pull a Kamala go and come back. <laughs> I went 400 miles down that border. What I saw was unthinkable. You see, literally, these ranchers wake up in the morning and they go see if anybody died crossing their fence. They go and pick up whatever little kids were left behind. Sheriffs said they go and they turn over illegal immigrants to Border Patrol. Border Patrol documents them and releases them until their court date three or four years from now. Yeah, that's been And when I talked to Border Patrol, they said, you want to know what we do? We're glorified babysitters. Five million illegal immigrants have come into this country. That's crazy. We can't afford one person, not one. And why are they allowing it to happen? I don't know. Well, that's the part that drives me crazy. We're talking to Nikki Haley, Republican candidate for the president of the United States of America. God, it sounds so flashy. Listen to you. You got all <laughs> fancy on me, Haley. We used to be pals. Now look at you now. Look at you now. Um, but it's so crazy to me because one of the things happening right now is the Democrats and Secretary Mayorkas is certainly doing this. He's conflating policy with border enforcement and saying, well, you know, until we get the policy we want. But people aren't coming because of the policy. They're, they're coming because of the lack of enforcement. Aren't we on some perverse level incentivizing them to do this? We totally are. You're waving the, the green flag. I mean, think about when they first started coming. They were wearing Biden T-shirts when they got there. I mean, and the ones that are winning are the cartels. It's not the American people. I mean, we can feel it with the crime on the streets. You can see it with what's happening in our hospitals and our schools. Every state's a border state. The fentanyl, number one cause of death now of adults 18 to 49 fentanyl mm -hmm. don't think china doesn't know exactly what they're doing and our enemies are laughing yes. think about it our enemies are laughing thinking what in the world are they doing we look so distracted what it reminds me of a lot at the border really quick is you know when you're a young kid in college there's always one bar in town that's not checking id and once the word gets out that everyone can get in guess what happens they're packed everyone gets in there it is <laughs> it's so banal and i it drives me crazy but there's so many other things I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, so let's get into this, too. I mean, by fall, things are going to really start moving. Right now is 
you know, the calm before the storm. You know, people, Mike Tyson, famous fighter, used to say, you know, everybody has a plan till they get hit in the mouth. Uh, are you the Mike Tyson of this campaign? Or they get kicked with a heel. Yeah. Either one. Everybody's got a plan. Well, I don't want you to be the Mike Tyson. You can't bite off my ear because I, <laughs> I have a hard enough time hearing as a radio host. If you take one of these away, I got big problems. I remember seeing that fight. Were you watching that? Yes, holy. I was watching it like live. Like you wow. saw the piece of ear, the whole thing. It was, it a was whole unbelievable. To do. I yeah. remember Miss, Mills Lane was yelling. He was the ref. He's like, he bit his ear off. And we're like, wait, what do you mean? How is that a thing? But it was a thing. It was, it a was thing. totally a thing. Oh, Nikki Haley's in studio, a sports fan. We forget about that. We've talked music. We've talked sports. Um, the one thing that I would worry about, the reason I couldn't be you, especially going back to Iowa, is there's so much good fried fair food in Iowa. Like, I couldn't go. I would have to be, if I was on your campaign, I'd have to work via Zoom. I'd be, I'd be like 800 pounds right You know, now. we haven't been to the fair yet, but everybody's like, don't eat anything. Don't eat anything. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, apparently it's quite the to-do. No, no, they're not. It's a hazing ritual. I've been there. They, you know what happens? People in the heartland, okay, are such wonderful, good-natured people. They are. But they don't know the difference between hospitality and hazing. Okay, <laughs> meaning they don't offer you like a burger at the fair. They offer you 67 burgers. They don't buy you a drink. They buy you enough that you fear for your life. That's my. That's what it's like to be me on the road, so I can't imagine what it's like to be you, Nikki. Well, and that's like in the South, too. You, people are offended if you don't take it. Yeah, now that's a thing. So you've got to be, as a gracious guest, okay, I guess I will have 33 pounds of barbecue. Exactly okay, great. Right. Oh, it's tough on the road. Uh, let me ask you another thing I wanted to talk about. We get the findings in the Durham probe yesterday. Which, again, I think is such an embarrassment to the DOJ and everybody who kind of perpetrated this thing. Um, I don't know that we're going to see any full accountability. It seems like there's a real indifference to this story in the media. But in a perfect world, what could a President Haley do in this situation? We have to have accountability. Uh -huh. I mean, this is a scandal. The idea that our top law enforcement agency didn't follow the law mm -hmm. and the idea that it was politically motivated, I mean— that's what happens in third world countries. That's what, that's what I fought at the United Nations and saw that's not America. So not only does there need to be accountability, we need to go everybody whose fingerprints are on this need to be fired. Every one of their managers and supervisors needs to be fired. Heads need to roll for this. And Democrats need to be speaking up. This isn't just something that can happen to Republicans. It can happen to Democrats, too. And they should care just as much. Those that are being dismissive of it, and I saw on MS. NBC. Yeah. They're just saying this wasn't a big deal. You know what? Be careful because this is America. And the second you start allowing corruption in your agencies like this, it's all over. We can't allow that to happen. There's got to be some accountability. I mean, yeah. Would you be concerned? We're talking to Nikki Haley. Would you be concerned if you win this election? that they wouldn't try to backdoor you into harm's way because that's essentially what they did to Trump. It was like a soft coup attempt. Well, let's be clear. I mean, I was governor. So the first thing I did was go into my agencies and I would do that as president. You go into your agencies, you clean house, you go and you pull out any regulations and rules, but you also take out your, you know, those spoiled eggs that are sitting there like causing problems within your agencies. That's the first thing you do when you get into office. And he didn't do that. I would do that. I know the importance of doing that and cleaning up your agencies before you even and start dealing with Congress, that's what we would do. It's funny because, you know, as an outsider to government in that regard, it's almost a disadvantage. The people like it because they go, oh, it's great. We got a regular guy going in there. But then you don't understand how the process works and you don't realize, as you just said, the need to kind of snow globe this thing. You got to take the village, shake it up upside down and let it reset. Especially when you're changing parties. Yeah. It's really important that you go out and you take up, take out that middle senior management that uh -huh. actually pushes 
legislation yeah. that doesn't agree with who's in office. So Nikki Haley wins the presidency. It's a busy week on LinkedIn. Yes, it is. It says a lot going on on LinkedIn. A lot of, lot of, lot of people updating skills. We're cleaning with more than a broom. I'll tell you that. <laughs> She's going in like that deep clean. That's what my, That's my right. wife, my wife wanted a, a deep clean for Mother's Day. I did not get her that. My oh. wife, I got her Zach Brown tickets. She wants to go see Zach Brown. She likes a concert. <laughs> I can't get, I can't get cleaning for Mother's Day. The right thing to do if I'm a decent person would be to do the cleaning. No, the right thing to do would be do both. Yeah, that, clean right. and then take her to the Zach all Brown right, concert. Jenny, I stand corrected. Nikki Haley is just now offering her services as a marriage counselor. And and to be honest with you, my wife's willing to pay for this. I think I'm multi-talented. It, I think it's garbage. Personally, I like you better as a presidential <laughs> candidate than a marriage counselor. But give me this. Has CNN offered you a town hall yet? They have. Get out of town, Nikki Haley. Is that a thing? Is it coming? You'll have to wait and see. About if she comes on with a cliffhanger, uh, I think that's awesome. And I, I want more of what we call crosstalk. That was the one thing I appreciated about Trump going. It's the one thing I would absolutely cheer on about you going. Is I think as conservatives, we welcome the idea battle. That's we right. want these platforms. So you you have my full support if you show up. You need to. Because- I mean, that's that's America, right? A democracy. I mean, that's when I was at the United Nations. That's what countries loved about us uh-huh. was that we had the debate. Yes. Imagine that. And the idea is we were never supposed to agree on everything. We were allowed to be free-range chickens, e pluribus unum, out of many one. Do you remember growing up when you could agree to disagree? Yes. Now it's like you disagree. You're like, you're the worst person who ever lived. No, now it's hating on each other. And the problem is, like, people won't even make eye contact anymore. It's crazy. No. Well, if you're watching CNN, the Mike Tyson of politics is coming. You m- might be coming. No I, ear biting. Don, Don, no ear biting. Don King has not officially sanctioned the match, but this was a great battle as always. Thanks. Nikki Haley, I miss you already. Oh, it's fun. We'll be back soon. Rock and roll. There she goes, the great Nikki Haley. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Back in action, second hour of the Fox Across America Labor Day Spectacular. I am laboring in my backyard right now in front of a lit grill with a solo cup in my hand, if I had to guess. But you, uh, here on the radio, hanging out in this audio safe space for cool people, where even on a day like today, the rule remains the same. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a Tudor Dixon uh, is a Republican, certainly not a Democrat, certainly not a She's one of the coolest gals I know. And one of the best moments I had this summer uh, was when I was out in Holland, Michigan with Kennedy on July the 8th. We did a stand-up show at the Holland Civic Center, and Tudor Dixon came backstage. She brought her frisky mom, uh, who was a lot of fun and a big Fox fan and a bit of a chubby chaser, if I had to guess. She was pretty into Jimmy Fallon. Uh, But we had such a funny time both backstage that night and just about every time I get Tudor on the radio because she's a real person. Yeah, it gets a little dirty. It gets a little risque. Uh, it's nothing like you'd expect to hear on a television set where politicians are speaking in buttoned-up, carefully curated sound bites. But that's what we love about Tudor Dixon. She's not afraid to go there. And by there, I mean the bar. Bingo. Tudor Dixon is here. To defend her mom right here on live radio. Oh, I love your mom. I love this. Thank you. Your mom Thank is you. the coolest woman in the world. Do you know to this day, and you don't need to tell me her name, we only know her as Tudor's mom. 
That, well, because she, even when Sarah introduced her and you introduced her, we got, this is Tudor's mom. She she feels that way now all the time. And uh-huh. when we go out and people actually recognize me, she we get in the car afterward and she said, this fame of yours is incredibly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but I like Tudor's mom. It's just a, it's a universal catch-all name. So now we call everyone <laughs> Tudor's mom. Like I met a trucker at a Sheets gas station on the way home and I introduced him to Kennedy as Tudor's mom. Awesome. It made sense. Because your mom is just a universal, international, multimedia superstar. She's a big deal. Yeah, In she fact, is. you're only on the show because we couldn't get her. <laughs> we tried. We tried everything. We called. We're like, Tudor's mom, could you do some radio? She's really busy. But you're in New York. You got the kids. You're doing the full New York experience. Yeah. Some possible American Girl doll visits as well. That's right. Yes. In New York. And uh-huh. that's their biggest concern. No, I know. But that's everyone's concern. Like when I was a cab driver, everyone used to get in and be like, can we go to the American Girl doll store? <laughs> and it'd be funny because it'd be like a 42-year-old guy with no kids. I'm like, actually, no, we can't go to the American <laughs> Girl doll. This is a security risk. But I didn't have that because I had a son. So what we got, and I don't know if the Dixon kids got involved on this level, uh, but we had Build-A-Bear. Uh, yes, yes. Actually, there was just a recent trip to Build-A-Bear, but okay. Lego is also, you're not, Lego is not your thing? No, Lego was a thing. Lincoln went to the Lego lands, built the Lego stuff, you know, all of those hazardous parts and everything like right. that. We did the Legos for a while. So the whole point of Legos, just so you know, and if the kids hear this someday, they'll understand too. Guys, everyone listening at home needs to know this, especially if you're a young kid. You I get a lot of young listeners, given my minimal vocabulary. <laughs> okay, the whole point of Legos, and they don't say this on the package, they don't say this in the commercial, it's just to help parents figure out if their kids are dumb. Okay? What I mean by that is if you give your kid a set of Legos and they start building a building, a skyscraper, a statue, boom, have fun. But if your kid eats the first Lego, then you know it's a dumb kid. I think it it is to see if they actually can build because, you know, some kids... Well, no, that matters. Don't yeah. try to clean up what I just said. So, I'm just telling you there are builders and there are eaters when I it am, comes to I Legos. have four kids watching uh-huh. you, and I'm like, half of them are right now going, okay, so he thinks I'm dumb. No, I don't. Why? Are they Lego eaters? <laughs> they don't look like Lego eaters. These kids seem far... They're, they're far more, like, apt, to, apt in conversation to be... When you meet a kid who's a Lego eater, he doesn't look at you, you right. know, because he's right. usually just, like, massaging his gums because right. he just ate a flat green piece. It's also to test parents to see mm-hmm. how willing they are to walk on toys. Yeah, that matters. Yeah, see what it's like a fear factor thing. It's how clean how clean do you keep your house? Oh, that's or you're really, gonna you're gonna regret it. That's really funny. Tudor's mom's kid is in studio. If you're just joining yes. us, yes, and Tudor's children here as well. There's a lot to talk about though, okay. really, because. There's been so much happening that I'm sure you have a lot of comments about. Well, this is the thing, okay? If we're talking about kids' stores, they're actually opening one at the White House called Build a Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a regular bear. It's a different with AI. kind of bear. With, with artificial intelligence, of course. But um, I don't know if you saw this report because you were kind of making the rounds in the city. But they just told us at the White House that we're never going to find out whose drugs it were. I saw that. And so that means one of two things. Mm-hmm. It is either a family member mm-hmm. or it is someone who is so key to the White House yep. that they are unwilling to come out and name them. And I think both of those things should scare people. Yeah, definitely. Because there's somebody really close to the top who's in a bad position. But the other point I was trying to make, Tudor, as a responsible citizen that I am, is if we're to believe this could get in there undetected and the person who left it there could leave undetected, at the time this happened, we don't know what the powder was which means you could conceivably, if you take them at their word, get anything into the White House and leave it, which I don't believe to be true. Right. None of us believe that. Nobody believes that. I can't get a bottle of water onto a commercial flight. Do you know the story of the cannonball there? One of our listeners in Tyler, Texas, KTBB, one of the best stations anywhere. Those are, we used to make those. Okay. Well, guy gives me a cannonball at a meet and greet. Gives me a cannonball. I want you to have a cannonball. 
it's, you know, proud moment for our local. I'm like, all right, girl, I'll take your cannonball. Nice guy, really sweet guy, right? <laughs> so I take the cannonball. I, I throw it in Jenny Fela's bag so we got to get on the plane. I'm like, I don't want to get stopped for this cannonball. <laughs> and then it's like, Fox News guy brings Jenny. weapon. But Jenny's a sport. Like She is because no, she's... She wants to go to prison. Those women are crafty. She can talk furniture with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jenny has skills. She wants to go to prison. So anyway, Jenny takes the cannonball into her bag, and we immediately get stopped at DFW. And they're like, I'm sorry, you got a bottle of Poland Spring in your bag. And they dump the Poland Spring out and never say a word about the cannonball. That's the world we're living in. That's the White House, apparently, too. <laughs> this Sorry, is, sir. You can bring whatever into you, the White you gotta, House. You, gotta, gotta, you can't bring a bottle of water in there. So that's Poland Spring. I'm sorry. So it's crazy, too. The point is, it's hard to take anything they say at their word. And it would seem that there's a political motivation to conceal the true origins of this story. But don't you think that we are sort of seeing the media turn on them? Because even the media mm -hmm. is like, okay, now you've lied to us. Yeah. And there's a point where you, as the White House, have to either decide to continue to feed the beast and they support you, or you go the other way because things are too bad. And now things are too bad in yeah. the White House for them to talk to the media. Mm -hmm. The media is turning on them. The people in the White House don't want Joe Biden out. So why is the media, who is really their com, that's yeah, their yeah. comms director, mm -hmm. right, coming out and saying, okay, now we're we're mad at you. Yep, that's what's going on right now. They're getting uh, put on a timeout step to put it in kid terms. Yeah. Did you guys have a timeout step growing up? Growing up, not as a I'm parent. I'm too old for a timeout. Yeah, yeah no, step. no, no, me too. I was getting like hit by a chair. <laughs> yeah, like the right. thing, there everything my parents was... did would get them in prison now. <laughs> yes. Just the fact that I was allowed out of the house for like eight hours. I right. used, I used to leave my bicycle, uh, my house on my bicycle, and it was come back like days later. It was like the Oregon Trail. Like, the timeout step is the reason there's coke in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> like if kids if were still getting beaten, there'd be no coke in the White House. You know, we were a belt or a spoon away <laughs> from that being a can of coke. You know that? <laughs> yeah. A well behaved person or at least someone with the good sense to do it before they got to the white house but no this is why we can't have nice things because right. you soft parents out there don't want to spank your kids yeah, unbelievable right. we'd get hit with a can of coke that would stop the coke later in life <laughs> where's tutor's mom when you need exactly. this is unbelievable she could testify yeah. my mom was actually terrifying as a uh, child yeah. my kids are not nearly as afraid of me as i am no. of her and they're afraid of her i'm like what did i do wrong that they're not afraid of no me? they have a different integrity we don't have because as, as the parent in that day-to-day -day climate they know they know you they know everything you don't have there's no mystery to you right, right you know what i'm saying they live with you they know everything about you okay but there's an integrity to the grandparent because they just they just rent the video you know what i'm saying they just you know grab it a few days for a time few hours at a time they have a presence like lincoln is a lot more scared of my father-in-law than he is of me okay uh, my dad just the same. He doesn't, you know, but but the truth is with me, he didn't care. Like the last time Lincoln said something, I looked at him like I gave him like the right look, you know, and he goes, what are you going to do, put on makeup? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, see? But that's what sucks about being like a guy on TV. It's totally. Like, well, well, no, I'm going to take it off. <laughs> and then you're in big trouble once I get these wipes, man. You're lucky I don't have a hit after this, or you'd have a hit. You know what I'm saying? And when they say things like that, you want to be really mad, but you're like, darn it, oh, that it's was hilarious. good. No, no, it's hilarious. I give them the laugh in real time. <laughs> I, actually, I actually think it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> We're talking to Tudor Dex and all things America. Uh, artificial intelligence, that was a really funny answer, Kamala Harris. Uh, I always say you're the trendiest pick to be VP in the race, whether you want to admit it or not. Okay, do you think you could do better than Kamala Harris? 
I mean, the girls can do 10 <laughs> times better than Kamala Harris. I'm looking at them, and I'm like, they can describe the AI. The doll they build at the American Girl Store could do better than Kamala the, Harris. That's right. But the funny thing is that there's it, it's very transparent because someone clearly sat her down ahead of time and was like, let me explain AI to you yeah. in childlike terms. And then she came off of there, and they thought, it wasn't for you to then explain <laughs> AI like, in childlike terms. Can I tell you a funny story about the, I know this sort of thing goes on. I was once writing for a comedy show called Gotham Comedy Live, and it taped down the block Gotham Comedy Club. It aired on Comedy Central. And every week they would have a celebrity host the show who was not a comedian. The hook being these were up-and-coming comedians. Nobody had any reason to watch them, so they'd put a big name on, like a William Shatner, David Hasselhoff. This particular week I was writing for a woman who was fairly difficult. I don't want to out her on the air, but it rhymes with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> In this particular instance there, her handlers were so difficult with putting this monologue together because they were trying to package her as this new Pam 2.0. She's a brilliant thinker, and I want her to be showcased for that as opposed to, like, the, you know, juicy, pulpy TMZ She's aspects hot. of her lives. Thank you. Well said, Tudor. <laughs> I, I always love when you clean up my mess. We'd be a great morning show. Great morning show. Because then once you get the lid off the dry, I can tell all the jokes I want to tell. <laughs> I just right, need the go. woman in the audience to co-sign it before I get me too out of my own studio. It's no way to live. But stick with me, okay? So we go through like five versions of this monologue before they finally sign off on it because it's smart enough for her, Okay. At which point she gets on stage and accidentally reads the stage direction in the television. Oh, no. So it's like, welcome to Gotham Comedy Live. Please hold for applause. <laughs> My name is Pamela Anderson. Step to your right. You're out of the picture. And the audience is like, this is brilliant. But it wasn't written that way. It was accidentally made to look that way. I love it. But that's who it. Kamala is. That is but see, the behind the scenes, people always say, if you really want to know what government is like, watch Veep. Uh -huh. The behind the scenes is she doesn't walk into a single room where she hasn't been intensely prepped yes. for this. So we are, we are seeing... What happens after intense prep? <laughs> You're not even seeing the before. <laughs> right. What it was the before. That's the question. The before has to be so ridiculous. And and, uh, and it leads you to believe that we know who had the coke. Uh, yeah, very well said. And you know the truth is there are moments like this where people get discouraged. But I want everybody listening to feel empowered because if you can be what she is <laughs> with what she has, like if she could be There's the vice so president of the United States of America, everyone listening here could be anything. You could be Pope. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to work out. You know what I'm saying? But you could be. You could be anything. If she could be vice president, if Biden could be president, like, people like to try to discourage you on the American dream, but I think Biden and Kamala are proof that it's very much alive, no matter remember how much when, they're doing to hurt it. Remember when we were all admonished if we didn't say her name right? It was yeah. like Kamala, Kamala. Kamala, yeah, yeah. How funny is that now yeah. with the word salad that yeah, she yeah. does every day? She not say like, anything right. Why were you yelling at us? <laughs> Did you really have a right? Never mind that they that she has pronounced her name a million different ways. <laughs> no, it does that. Doesn't Biden's matter. called her Mr. President. How am I not in trouble for that? It's <laughs> no. like well, I was talking to Mr. President that's, or President Harris. That's the that's the only time she'll be Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> but Down she, is up. But oh, actually, no. she could be a man next week. We don't know. If it, you want to know something, if it helped her reelection chances absolutely i think that's the problem in the identity politics era this is what gavin newsom's struggling with right now okay in the He's identity politics era they can't take her off the ticket 
okay? And if they do, they have to replace her with a woman of color. And really, right now, all they have is Elizabeth Warren, okay? And I know she thinks she's squarely in it, but she's not. Uh, so I don't know if Newsom has to transition to get on the ticket. What, what, are, how, what has Newsom got to do? I don't know. Is he a hot chick? I mean, he is hot. So uh, that's what I'm saying. With slick hair? Yeah. Are we ready for a slick hair news? His Newsom? hair is already long enough. But if that you made him a woman, quickly. he would look like the the baddest babe in prison. I think he could be a hot woman. Gavin Newsom, if you're listening, and I know you are, he loves Fox. He has that Batman voice, though. That's hard. It's, it's not That's easy not to do. That's not sexy as a woman. Well, listen, man. You'd be surprised what guys are willing to overlook with the game on the line. <laughs> I think we can get past it. Uh, Tuna, we should wrap this up. Where did the time go? Don't you have an appointment at the toy I'm store? I'm always about to get you fired. Oh, you're the best. You always look a little nervous when Let's, I'm here. Don't worry about it. Tonight we'll be on other people's shows, so it's our chance to do it to them. Yes, It'll be great. Exactly. This was fun. Have fun at the store. Thank you. Tell your Thank mom you. to call me. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Welcome back to the Labor Day edition of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, coming to you from the great beyond. I'm in a chair in my yard, but the party keeps pumping here on the radio. So buckle up, buttercup. Here comes more. In the meantime, let me just piggyback one more thing off of the ridiculousness that has gone on. My buddy, Mark Holton, you've heard him on the show. He was Francis. He was Francis. In Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You can't just make up lies about people. Great movie. But Holton had a point. He texted me. I haven't even had a chance to text him back. Uh, so I don't know if he's listening to the show, but Holton, if you're out there, this one's for you. I'm like Fievel in American Tale. Somewhere out there. That whole song. Uh, is the ultimate head of the Secret Service, the head of DHS. I'm not hearing the name Iorcus used a lot. Is it too much of a reach to think he might have had a finger in this, the Coke in the West Wing? Now, the reason I find it interesting, and I'm just reading the guy's private text out loud. Sorry, Mark. The reason I find it so interesting, though, is because I once told you guys a story on this show where I said as just an objective observer of politics, I went to D.C. for the White House Correspondents' Dinner two years ago. I was at a cocktail party where Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas, the guy in charge of securing our southern border, was waiting in line like a fangirl to meet Don Lemon. He was waiting. Like, oh, my God, I got to meet Don Lemon. Oh, my God, Don Lemon. Oh, my God. And, like, they hugged it out, went crazy, and took a selfie. But the reason I find that disturbing is because Don Lemon is one of those guys that spent three years before he got chased off the channel. He was one of those guys that spent three, four years telling you that securing the border was racist. If Secretary Mayorkas considers a guy who believes border security is racist, by definition, that would make you think Secretary Mayorkas doesn't believe in securing the border. I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, and you know what? That feeling is only made worse when you look at the border numbers. Six million people have crossed our border illegally under Mayorkas and Biden. So the idea that he is the ultimate head of DHS, the idea that they're the ones that this statement came from, would have you believe that this is as political of an investigation as everyone thinks it is. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Really bad, man, but without even complicating this, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, okay? I just want you to understand that if you're on the left and you just look at politics like they're a team sport, you're part of the problem. If you're on the right, you look at politics like they're a team sport, you're part of the problem, like you are, I promise you are. You can't look at it like the only thing that matters is that we beat the other side. It's not the only thing that matters, okay? Everything else matters, okay? Your kids matter. Their education matters. Their safety matters. The economy matters, okay? 
And the truth is we just need people in office who prioritize those things on a genuine level and we all win. They don't have to be Republicans. They don't have to be Democrats. Okay. If you get enough common sense people in Washington, if we elect people, Tudor Dixon's a good example. It's a shame she's not a governor. If you elect people that have families and have businesses and genuinely understand the fundamentals we need to adhere to in order for society to flourish, it really wouldn't matter what party they're from. The only reason you feel so threatened by left-wing ideology is because the vast majority of the people in the Democratic Party are lunatic ideologues. They have let the fringe element run the party. Like the Republicans have loonies, but we don't really put them in charge. The Democrats, on the other hand, are like, oh, you're nuts? Come on down. Here's a congressional seat. Here's a Senate seat. Yeah, I'll give you Bobert and MTG, but they've got a few hundred of them is the point I'm trying to make, and they need to clean up their act. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And joining us now is a man who's been dishing it out in his own life for what I believe to be 50 years. Your former attorney general, Bill Barr, is here. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Is Great it true? You and Christina together for 15 years. 50. 50. Five zero. That's the number. Yeah. I got to tell you this. This is a high praise to your wife. And I would when it, I met her, when I, I was going to say, when I met her at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, mm -hmm. uh, the 50 looks good on you. Like there's life in your face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. We all have friends that are married two years. You don't need to know anything about the relationship to know how it's going based on the energy in the face. Uh -huh. And we've all seen that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you all have a friend at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the Ark of the Covenant and the faces just start losing life and melting. That's right. We all have that guy. And if you don't have one of those in your life, ladies and gentlemen, you're the guy, just so you know. Right. So be honest with yourself. Well, 50 years. Yeah, you got us by a ways. Jenny and I had, we had, and I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to be funny. We had this thing in Vegas going two and a half years, and we both took the under. <laughs> we, we, we've had a good run, but, but I want to throw this at you, and I want to ask if you've had this experience as I've had, okay? You marry a woman. It very much starts off as, I, I love this woman, and is this the person I want to have kids with? But then you have the kids, in my case, and it becomes, is this the kind of person that would kill me in my sleep? <laughs> Did you ever go down that rabbit hole emotionally? No, no, I haven't. No. <laughs> well, you know, congratulations. You took out the right amount of life insurance. Yeah. You see, what I did wrong, because I, you know, when I married Jenny, I was a cab driver. And, you know, you need to provide for these people, which I would be more apt at doing dead than alive at the time I was a cab driver. Right. So I made the mistake of, like, buying too much life insurance and telling her. Yeah. Which is, you're not supposed to do. Okay. I did that. Though. Did you, though? Oh, yeah. I would tell them that I was worth more dead than alive. <laughs> no, and I not. saw, I, there was a little temptation there, but. No, but you're not supposed to tell him that. I once got a <laughs> splinter on the Jones Beach boardwalk and Jenny was like, yeah, pull the plug. He wouldn't want to go on like this. But Jenny, what do you mean I'm fine? Oh, well, great stuff. So you get it, you speak. Yeah. Well, the last time we talked, we were at the, we were at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, by right. the way. And I, I, I got your message about wanting to borrow my pink jacket. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's getting dry clean still. <laughs> it's a lot of, but it's coming your way. Uh, but of course, DC is a hot topic right now because obviously there's the Trump side of this which we can get to but the Biden side I don't think is getting the attention that it should and I know you have a 2024 theory uh, I, I kind of have a similar one but let's start here do you think that Biden is going to be the nominee no you don't think so no I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee I think the Republicans are, are walking into machine guns right now um, uh, you know there, there are a host of reasons one uh, you know, actuarially, there's a good chance it'll be maybe a 25% chance it'll be dead That's at the crazy. time of the election. And then you have, you know, the very high possibility that uh, he'll be obviously non-compass mentis, even more so than he is now. Yeah. 
Uh, and then you have the fact he's one of the most unpopular sitting presidents we've had. He mm-hmm. has a vice president that is scary mm-hmm. uh, and will repel a lot of Americans. And this scandal is picking up a lot of steam and should pick up a lot of steam. So you're sitting there as the Democrats, I think, and you could be heading into a bad economic year. Yeah, I think the hook's going to come out, but I, I think they're going to let them run through the primaries mm-hmm. so they don't have a contested primary. Mm-hmm. Wait till the convention cold cock the Republicans over the summer with a very compelling ticket, mm-hmm. which will come just psychologically at the point where everyone is upset that it, you know, could be upset that uh-huh. it's Trump versus Biden again. And then, boom, they come out with a fresh ticket, maybe mm-hmm. a woman at the head of it, uh-huh. so forth. And, um, and wow. it's bad. So you're, tell- cause you're telling me at that point, if the Republicans have taken the bait and nominated Trump, yeah. they wind up in a situation where they thought they were running against a guy with a lot of baggage. Right. And now you wind up with a fresh-faced 50-year-old. Right. Wow. And potentially a woman of color, so that could be Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> there it is. Right. Good night, everybody. Yeah. I got a million of them. I kid. Right. I kid. Uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr is in studio. We're having a grown-up talk about all things 2024. That, to me, uh, is where I think, and, and no one's conversing honestly about this, okay, but the only potential for a Biden second term would involve Donald Trump being on the ticket. There's no, would you look at the rest of the Republican field and, and feel like, uh, uh, I believe I, Biden's in his late hundreds, I don't know the exact age, but I don't know that he would beat anybody if there was a clean slate going up against him. Biden, no. And I, I, I think the only person Biden can beat is Trump, and that's one of the reasons I'm opposed to Trump getting the nomination. You know, I'm not opposed to him because I want someone more moderate, <laughs> you know, policy, yeah. or, or not a fighter, yeah, or yeah. anything like that. I'm opposed to Trump because right now is the opportunity to beat the hell out of the uh, progressive wing of the Democratic Party, uh-huh. and Trump is not going to do it. I Listen, I agree with so much of your analysis, but I've still got to applaud your courage because in Trump, we're talking about a guy who has been so supportive of you. Yeah. And the idea that you could be, you know, punting on that overwhelm. I mean, it was just <laughs> yesterday on Truth Social. He was calling you the worst man who ever lived. I mean, what are you going to do without the positive reinforcement is my question here. Right. I kid, but I, I think you make such a really good point there is that what we're losing in this moment, and this is my frustration as a guy who tours the country, is we have taken such an appreciable decline in the quality of life in this country under Biden. Mm-hmm. And it's not being talked about on any level because so much of the sensationalism of politics are taking center stage. Right. Is that the Trump liability for the country? Is that what you see it as? One, he sucks up a lot of the attention and makes the issue and deliberately makes all issues about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part of it is uh, his his pandering uh-huh. to his base by just constantly trying to play on their anger, pick at the scabs and so forth. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because when people sit back and sort of luxuriate in their anger, they'd rather feel angry yeah, yeah. than do anything. And I think a lot of the support for Trump is flipping the bird, uh, is saying, you know, at the establishment or whatever yeah. they think they're flipping the bird as. Yeah. You know, man, you you know, I'm mad and I'm gonna, you know, yeah, hell, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> send. But and and I think that's selling the country down the river. I think that's uh, because anger isn't a strategy. We have to sit back and see what's happening to our country and say, how do we get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. How do we move the ball? And Ronald Reagan did that under similar circumstances in 1980 when he unified the party, won 44 states and then 49 states in 
and liberal was a dirty word for 20 years. Imagine that. Okay? And what's the only thing standing between us and doing that again, because most of the country's fed up with mm -hmm. the progressives, yep. is Donald Trump. Okay. He is a life support system for the prog radical progressives. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill Barr is on the line if you're wondering why Trump just dropped a truth social bomb uh, the second, <laughs> second after this. It's probably coming up any minute now. If we, if we had more enough time with you, we could stay on the, lay, the uh, line long enough to actually see the truth social post get posted. Uh, but no, I appreciate the candor because the one thing uh, I feel like uh, a lot of media is failing the public on right now mm -hmm. is we fight a lot of the wrong battles in cable news. Meaning one of the things that got Trump elected in 2016 is the media was focusing on the temperament of his Twitter account mm -hmm. and not the real life consequences for Americans in that moment. And he right. had a plan or at least was talking about jobs and things like that. And that resonated with people. And I think in a moment right now, there are so many issues that resonate with people uh, that aren't being addressed because right. we're talking about trials and indictments and 91 counts. So let me ask you about that. Okay, 91 counts. Um, I would imagine, okay, and I've been watching the Yankees all summer. They don't have high batting averages, but I would imagine there's a prosecutor out there that can go at least one for 91. Do you think there's a real possibility he gets convicted of something? Oh, yeah. You yeah, think I so? Do. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, look, some of the cases, especially the ones from the states, in my opinion, well, the one from New York is it's, a, a political hit yeah. job, and yeah. it's a joke. I think the Georgia one is much too broad mm -hmm. and sweeping. I think people, you know, have a point if they think it's politically motivated. But mm -hmm. I think the federal cases are very serious cases. And actually, the Georgia case is serious in the sense that it's going to be hard to dodge. Yeah. So I do think there's a chance he'll be convicted, which doesn't necessarily yeah. mean he'll go to jail at the end of the day. I mean, everyone's sort of, oh, 100 years in jail. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I don't think we're going to put a former president. I hope we don't put a former president in jail, but he yeah. could experience very heavy fines. Wow. Could you imagine that? Uh, Bill Barr in studio. We're having a grown-up talk about all things 2024. Where do they draw the legal distinction between what he did in Georgia and, say, like a Stacey Abrams? Because she, you know, ran around and said it was stolen forever. Is it because he took a physical action beyond speech? Yeah, so this is where the, I think the federal case uh -huh. actually honed in very narrowly on the nub of the argument of uh -huh. the issue, uh -huh. whereas this other case is, you know, thrown everything but the kitchen sink, yeah. including a lot of perfectly legitimate, you know, political pushback on mm -hmm. when you feel that you've been yeah. elections and stuff. And the basic problem, uh, as the federal case outlines, other than knowingly telling lies in order to, as part of a, a, a plan, not by themselves, mm -hmm. but by a plan. But the key was putting in imposter, a panel of imposter uh, electors, mm -hmm. but doing it so that they would provide a pretext uh -huh. for Pence, who mm -hmm. they were working on to do this. Yeah. Pence would then use that as a pretext to reject counting the legitimate certified votes. So it's a combination uh -huh. of, of, you know, putting yeah. up that panel as a pretext and then trying to get Pence to do it. That's a plan. Uh -huh that, in my opinion, does cross the line. Now, yeah. should we be pursuing it as a criminal matter? You know, is mm -hmm. it worth, is the uh, juice worth the, the squeeze? squeeze yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, man. Um, now, listen, I, I, I don't know anyone who's been a bigger cheerleader for Rudy Giuliani than you. Um, in this moment, I know he's in some legal trouble himself, and he apparently was asking Trump to pay his bills. Are, are the bars, have you talked to Christine about starting a GoFundMe for Rudy? <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. But I do feel I, I, know. I feel bad for Rudy. You I know. know. I mean, he was a great mayor and he yeah. saved this city. He did. Uh, but I also think he acted very irresponsibly and, mm -hmm. and uh, was an enabler and, and a cheerleader for a lot of bad stuff at the end. It's so tough because when you talk about the country, okay, if you you know people who genuinely care, and I know you do, and so I love talking to him. Um, you know, most of the things wrecking this country, we are fortunate enough to not be plagued by on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But the average rank-and-file American is taking a beating right now. And it's really not going to get addressed in 2024 unless we have a head-on election, you know, and engage, right. you know, we need to engage in the, you know, arena of ideas. I don't mm -hmm. know that we're going to get there because if it was, if we voted in the primaries tomorrow, Trump's winning everything. But I think he gets into the general and is going to have a little bit more of a liability than people think. And that's where this becomes a lot more challenging. Now, I want to revisit really quickly your Biden theory, and then we'll let you get on your way. Uh, Biden steps aside late in the process, you would say, somebody younger with a little bit less baggage. Um, I guess by then, do you think the plan is to let Trump clinch a nomination himself? Like, meaning that the, the yeah, Democrats... So be, yeah, I, one of the funniest things right now, uh, you know, coming from the, you know, the diehard Trump supporters is that this is all a plot to knock Trump out. Yeah, yeah. That's BS. They okay. want him in there. Of, of course they want him in there. And uh -huh. you can tell. That, and so the state actions in particular, I think, are part of essentially taunting, mm -hmm. playing, you know, getting under the skin of his uh -huh. supporters because they know they're going to react by locking in greater and greater support for Trump. So I think they are essentially trying to uh, get Trump to be the candidate. It's That's like what's a, happening. Muhammad Ali famously deployed, it was called a rope-a-dope against George yeah. Foreman, where right. he sat back and baited right. him into the corner. Right. Are we being baited into the corner here as a party? Yeah. Trump's followers are becoming like Trump. I said to Trump when I was in office, I said, you're like a bull. Uh -huh. And the other side knows how to get under your skin. And they wave the red flag over here and you charge. You raise your red flag over here, you charge. And uh -huh. pretty soon you're going to be sweating in the <laughs> middle of the ring and they're going to put a sword through your head. Oh, man. And I think a lot of his base unfortunately is adopting the same state of mind the which bull mentality they're allowing the left to manipulate him you might as well put a big ring through their nose and lead them uh, because which, that's what's happening and and it's odd and unfortunate because the big through the nose the big ring through the nose is usually what the liberals are wearing these days yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like down is up up is down right this is unbelievable next thing right. you know we'll have blue hair what's happening here right Listen, I always appreciate a minute of your time. This was great stuff. Thank you. We'll be all over Truth Social the rest of the day today because you're about to catch holy hell. I'll enjoy it. You gave me some good entertainment for my anniversary. Good, At the good. beginning of the day, all Jenny was getting was White Castle. Now she's getting White Castle and a Bill Bard trashing. What more do you want, girlfriend? You're the best, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Jimmy. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jenny Fallis in the studio. I don't know if she agrees or disagrees, but can you... The one thing I always tell you when I come home after running into a guy like Bill Barr, like, he actually cares. Oh, yeah. He's not running for office. No one's offering him a job. He doesn't mm -hmm. have money. He's not donating to a campaign. He's, I, like, he's making substantive points, and the only reason I bring that up is because I get so many messages, because I return them myself, as Roseanne was making quite yeah. abundantly clear earlier in the show. Um, a lot of you guys get mad at Barr because Trump is trashing Barr. Sometimes Mark Levin will be... You know, he just starts trashing Barr. And I get it. It's fine. I understand why they don't like it. And it's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But what Barr is flat out telling you is he thinks Biden sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more important to get rid of Biden 
than it is to grudge hump the 2020 election to vi and get Trump back into office. Right. This is the reality. Like, me and him were talking about this off the air yesterday. Um, Trump winning the presidency would make him a lame duck president the minute he walks into office, mm -hmm. meaning he doesn't have the power to drain the swamp, meaning he has cost the Republicans down ballot tremendously in the Senate and the House, and that's the argument here is it's like, is it about turning the country around or is it about just giving that giant middle finger to the other side? But that mindset is how we got to where we got. So him being willing to say that and catch all the hell that he does is actually like, I appreciate it. And right. You don't even have to agree with it. You should appreciate it if you're listening to him say it because no one's having that honest conversation. Right. It's not a Trump bash. It's no, a, no, no. It is a, yo, you guys, Biden sucks that much. We need him to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. The we house need to is collectively, on yeah. you know, come uh -huh. together uh -huh. and find something that will win and defeat this guy. Whoever it is. Yes. Just add, get yeah, him yeah. in there. Whatever yeah. it is. Okay. Yeah. We would I would take Baron Trump over Joe Biden. Oh yeah. Absolutely. With Fortnite, a kid his age, yeah. the foreign policy. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have no problems. Wally's down in Florida, he's got to take. Wally. Hey, what's up there, Jimmy? My Hello, man. Jenny. Hi. <laughs> Happy anniversary. And, uh, Jenny, do you count your wedding in dog years? Absolutely. Good for you. Absolutely. Is that, yep. is, is that why she keeps trying to put me to sleep? Because it's been 17 years? <laughs> I so told him I'm 17 into a life sentence. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I think you're I think you're at 119 then. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Wally. Good for uh, you. Jimmy, I got to ask you, were you driving a cab in the 90s? Ooh, uh, I was not, but I was passed out drunk in the back of a lot of them, <laughs> which is how I wound up driving one in the office. <laughs> what, were you in the city? Were you hanging around? Well, I had, I've had i been to New York twice, and I was brought up to Brooklyn Heights from a biological lady friend of mine from St. Petersburg. Ooh. And... Um, I walked across Broadway against the light, and all the traffic stopped except for one cab driver who was telling me exactly how I had messed up, and it was quite <laughs> a lot of hand <laughs> gestures and a lot of language that I can't use. But uh, And then I was also wondering if the Royalton Hotel still has a bar lobby that tells you you're not page six material. Oh, that's funny. I haven't been, I don't know, I actually don't know if it still does. That's hilarious, Wally. That's a great reference. Uh, I, me, walked into a, uh -huh. I walked into a bathroom that was Art Deco and all stainless steel, and I didn't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Jenny. We'll go on a, on a recon mission after the show, Wally. Great call, brother. I'm going to lose you to a commercial, but we always love hearing from you. How about the great Wally going into the Royalton, which is... Again, not my speed either. It's really nice. Yeah. I was, there, I was there one time, for real. The woman was like, Back up, you creep. There you go. <laughs> From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, back in action for our number three on the Fox Across America Labor Day Spectacular. It's your main man, Jimmy Fallon, in the house, literally my house, uh, bringing you some best of interviews from people I interviewed over the summer on the show, uh, none of whom I enjoy more 
than country music superstar John Rich. He's got a phenomenal personal story in terms of his rise to success, and he's always got a great gospel about perspective and American privilege and how we're so lucky to live where we are. And he's also got a number one ranking on the pop charts thanks to the album he put out over the summer that kind of got into the same folksy lane of that Oliver Anthony Richmond, North of Richmond vibe, where he was just singing about how stupid the country's gotten. And a lot of people responded to it because here's a newsflash. The country has gotten pretty damn stupid in the last couple of years. I agree with that. You can thank Joe Biden uh, and you can thank John Rich for this fantastic segment. I wore my, one of my skellies today just for you. First of all, that's a rad shirt. Second of all, so we haven't had this conversation. I meant to check in about this. I did catch some heat for wearing one of my skellies in primetime. I wore a gold one. And it was like... Caught heat for... Oh, because they wanted you to look all, all suited up? <laughs> like Mr. Corporate? Somebody, you know, listen, I'm allowed... After 8 p.m., as I was telling you in the green room earlier... <laughs> yeah. I do dress like an affordable male stripper. Okay, I you know, bring out some flashy stuff, some rhinestones. You'll see some looks. Right, but right. But sometimes on the serious news programs, of course, they want me to look like an adult. Well, well there was a... Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, every time I see you, I still know who I'm looking at, so <laughs> whatever. There's, there's no fooling John Rich. He no. Doesn't, he doesn't need the subtitles. You are, you are what you are, and I like it a lot, so does everybody else. Oh, my man. You're buttering me up now. Well, you need no buttering on your end. Uh, you're back at the tippy top of the charts, which is amazing. Does it ever get old? No, it's actually, this This one's really stunning. Yes. So you played a piece of I'm Offended, this mm -hmm. this new song, but it's on a record called yeah. The Country Truth. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, it's one thing when your song goes number one, like a single, it's, yeah. you know, 99 cents or whatever. And that's a big deal yeah. still. But this, the whole record, yes. the whole record is at number one in all genres. Mm -hmm. it, it went number one this past Saturday night. If we hold it in the number one position till the end of the day, Thursday, mm -hmm. that's when the chart ends for Billboard and it will be in print as the number one record in America. So, I, no, I'm totally stunned, honestly, by it. That uh, is rad. Not something I thought I had a shot with, but the fans have responded, man. You're damn right they have. You want to know why, too, because you're speaking to a reality that we're living in. You know, when you're talking about being offended, everyone's exhausted. Nobody wants to live with a 24-hour law firm on call in their head 24 hours a day. And yep. to your credit, you're not doing that. And you're appealing to a lot of other people who aren't doing that. But there was a moment here where they had created a gap between what we believed to be true and what we were willing to say in public. Do you feel like we're finally taking that wow, ground Wow, that's back? a great way to put it. Yeah, that, that's absolutely what it is, or uh -huh. what it was. Yeah, I think Americans are starting to realize... Holding my tongue and saying nothing as the world burns is not fixing it. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I need to start saying what I really think, and, and some people aren't going to like it. Some will. Well, I hate to tell you, but that's what Americans are all about. We've never been the country that wanted to make everybody happy. If yeah. that was the case, the Founding Fathers would have just made a deal with, with uh, the King of England back yeah. in the day. That's <laughs> not really how we do it. You know, I, I find a, a real parallel. I think it's why you and I get along so well comedy mm -hmm. and music mm -hmm. you know you write jokes i write songs but those are the really the last two frontiers where you can speak absolutely unvarnished truth that's true and still get it through to people and uh, mm -hmm. and they respond to it yeah it matters because what happened is like we corporatized everything in the world and i think the average person they didn't sign up for that they kind of got beaten into playing along on some level because the social pressure aspect of social media is like so intense. I mean, one of the hot button issues right now was obviously men swimming against women. And a lot of women initially went along with it because they yeah. didn't want to look intolerant. But then they quickly realized the only ones not being tolerated were them. 
Like right. there was, they had no say, you know, and it's crazy to me. I mean, on a superficial level, guys like us probably grew up doing everything we could to get into the women's locker room. <laughs> Little did we know. Well, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, some guys are willing to do even more than we were willing to do. <laughs> they took it a step further. <laughs> oh, they took it all the way there. <laughs> You're talking about suffering for your art. Oh, yeah. You know, you might look back someday on your fashion choices and go, I can't believe I cut off the bottom of my jeans. <laughs> but there are things being cut off in 2023, you see. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything to get in the girls' locker room these days. But I think, all right, so but this is the big point that I come back to when we focus on speech, okay, is it's twisted the compass in a way that words matter more than deeds to a lot of people. And I think that was like, if you look at the Jason Aldean song, the blowback was like, oh, look, he's singing about stopping these violent thugs. Shouldn't we be more concerned with the thugs than the guy singing about them? Right. That, that would be my take. Yeah, deeds, That that's the problem with our politicians too mm -hmm. uh, on the right yeah by the way oh, the yeah. republicans as we're all watching them the vast majority of them are nothing but talk and tweets yep. and posts and they don't they don't do a damn thing mm -hmm. and we put them in there and now they're what are they doing they're sitting around tweeting and i think a lot of americans are, are have we're waking up to the fact that yeah uh you almost really can't trust any politician at this point most of washington in the minimal amount of time i've spent there is a uniparty it's so gross. Yeah, they're on a gravy train. They're hanging out. Every they go year. on TV and fight like cats and dogs, and then they all go meet at the Capitol Grill, <laughs> such a and they have point. wine together and smoke cigars <laughs> and laugh at all of us how they're playing us. John Rich is in the studio. This is it. I've tried to explain this to people in the past. It's pro wrestling. So when you go to a pro wrestling match, the Hulkster and the Iron Sheik beat the hell out of each other in the ring, and when the fight's over, their fans fight in the, fight in the parking lot. Right. And the Hulkster and the Iron Sheik go to Hooters. Yeah. And that's that's politics. Yeah. We're beating each other up in the, in, in the parking lot lot and there the holster and the iron sheik are going out god rest his soul the late great iron sheik but that's what i think politics has become in a lot of ways it's probably always been that to yeah. a large degree but i think now people are waking up to the fact that no we, we're getting played for yeah. real yeah we're really getting played we've really been lied to this whole time mm -hmm. manipulated marketed to yep and that you know they're calling it the great awakening like many many millions of people from both sides of the aisle are going hang on a minute mm -hmm. something's not right about the way uh they told us COVID was, or, yeah. or something's not right about this Ukraine situation, or mm -hmm. something's not right about all these major subjects. They're not necessarily sure what they're looking at because yeah. they won't tell us the truth, but uh -huh. they know something's not right. And I think the fact that there's now a pause in the American people when it comes to blindly following mm -hmm. your party is yeah. a very good thing for our country. Now, that that I would agree with, too. John Rich in studio is a lot of that is attributed to, you know, you're either like stupid or you're in like a right wing cult. But the truth is the reason that people don't trust public health initiatives is because of how bad they were. Like they were wrong about everything. So right. you can't, you know, to attribute that to politics, knowing how many positions were taken, you know, whether we yeah. were talking about a mask or a vaccine or anything in between, and they were all wrong. So I think that great awakening you're speaking to is, is I think, uh, born out of people being more confident in their speech rights. Yeah, we used to, by default, trust mm -hmm. the FDA. Imagine. By default, trust the CDC. By default, trust all these government organizations that are supposed to be the safeguards between us and anything that can get to us. And now we find out they're all a bunch of liars, manipulators, and profiteers yep. off of viruses, vaccines, and manipulating the general public. Uh -huh. And so we're going, oh, okay, so you're basically a bunch of scoundrels. That's what you are. <laughs> and so, so now true. when you, I think that those those CDC, FDA, WHO, all that stuff now is basically like cuss words to people. That just turns your stomach regardless of your politics. So does that mean you're not getting your 37th booster? 
Well, I got the 36 last week. I think I'm done. I, I, now I don't trust them. So. <laughs> Is there anything funnier than when a politician gets COVID? Why do they make that announcement? Like, I just want to thank God I've been vaxxed and boosted. I've been vaxxed, boosted. I'm social distancing. And, I, and I'm like, give me a break. And they say they're getting ready to mask everybody again. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I saw up. Paramount Pictures uh-huh. is now making everybody mask, and mm-hmm. here we go again. I don't think they're going to get the same response this time no. as they did the first time. No. Uh, nobody's on board, and I think that's the part that's bringing us to such— we're, we're coming to a flashpoint moment between the election and the fact that they're have aggressively prosecuting Trump, uh, which we should get to as well, and the fact that it does seem like there's this willingness to bring back a lot of COVID regulations that were wrong. Why are they doing that? Well, I think they like that culture war. Like, I think they sell a lot of self-righteousness to their base. Like, the vaccine mandate is a good example. They bashed the vaccine on the campaign trail. And then post-Afghanistan, remember the Afghanistan troop withdrawal was such a disaster. They got out of bed in September and were like, ah, we're mandating the vaccine. But it gave their people someone to condescend to some so you know a you know they almost yeah, have like this that, moral superiority that crew thing. though that group that still is jamming oversized q-tips up their noses on their own to see if they've got covert or not that crew is shrinking by the day i mean they I'll are that. vast minority yeah. at this point so hey have at it democrats so <laughs> mandate the mass and see how that turns out for you it's funny like the republicans are gonna are, we're running on like border security cut taxes get the streets under control the democrats are now appealing to the guy wearing a mask in his car Right. <laughs> or a motorcycle. I saw a guy on a motorcycle by himself wearing a mask. I swear to goodness. Because that COVID is quick, man. you got to get up to 45 miles an hour to be safe. Listen, they make a lot of fancy things in those Chinese labs these days. They really do. Have they ever apologized to the bat community? Can they get <laughs> money for defamation? They give bats a bad name. That's so funny. Poor Batman can't even show up oh, anymore. Oh, he's totally screwed. Oh, it's amazing. We're talking to John Ritchie's in the studio. The world's on fire. We're just roasting some radio marks marshmallows now back to our analogy about a lot of washington going along to get along do you find a little bit of have it both ways when it comes to trump like republicans are saying like oh this is bad they shouldn't be doing this but at the same time they're all kind of quietly hoping he probably goes to jail so they can win the nomination <laughs> don't you see a little bit of a needle threading oh, going you mean on? his you mean his competitors hope he goes yeah, to jail so he yeah. win the nomination yeah uh yeah i see that but here, here's how i see these indictments mm-hmm. it's the greatest thing that could have ever possibly happened mm-hmm. now people listening right now are going has john rich lost his mind <laughs> no let me walk you through this mm-hmm. what what is it about election integrity is one of the indictments he's under january 6th is something he's being indicted for it's been on a federal level state level and now local level that a former president has been indicted so this opens up pandora's box yeah this now allows trump to go in and compel evidence witnesses and all the camera footage and everything you could ever possibly want and present it in a courtroom in a court of law on television mm-hmm. must see tv that makes oj simpson trial look like look like nothing <laughs> look like a rerun Finally, we're going to get to see what actually happened in all these situations. Mm-hmm. The American people get to really learn what happened. I think it's, I think it had to happen for people to ever really learn the truth. Well, what you make an interesting point about that is that we in this country have a serious election integrity issue because, as everyone knows, the Democrats claim 2016 was stolen to the moon and back. 
okay? It certainly looks like some unorthodox things went on in 2020, to be clear. Uh, the best thing that could ever happen to this country is a referendum on election integrity, but they don't want that. So it's an interesting point that you make, is that right. this could come back to bite them. Because right now, if you asked for an election into election, or at least a special counsel or some type of investigation, they would tell you, oh, it's going to result in violence. We can't have that. You know, you're like a right. crazy insurrectionist. But don't you think it would be so helpful, whoever won in 2024, however they wind up winning, if we actually did have some type of a panel on legitimate election integrity? Yes, it would. And, and like I'm saying, but when yeah. you go into a courtroom, mm -hmm. here's the thing. Everybody goes, well, I'll just sue you. I go, you know what? Fine, sue me, because when you do, I get to get discovery on you. Yeah. It goes both directions. Uh -huh. So Trump is sitting on his explanations and his his evidence that he says he has regarding all these big issues. He's never been able to put it out because if he did, it would just get squashed anyway. But in a court of law, they get the right to compel everything that – remember the January 6th yep. committee? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't show you the footage. They yep. wouldn't let anybody testify. Nobody, nobody that's rebutting anything was allowed in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not going to be that way in a courtroom. That's yeah. going to be completely wide open on both sides. America deserves to see that. We're going to learn a whole lot through these indictments. That would be fascinating. The one thing I, I would be shocked to find in January 6th footage is any of my supporters there only because uh, I've, I hang out with these people. They couldn't make it up that many steps. <laughs> if there was like a tow rope. They, my, guys, <laughs> my guys would have been out in the other end of the parking lot drinking a beer and listening to George <laughs> Strait. They're tailgating. like, ah, oh, y'all have fun. We're staying out here. The John Rich crowd would have been tailgating on the other side of the parking lot. I love that so much. Well, listen, you're back on at number one. I think that's amazing. The riding high in the scully. I've never seen that scully, but I might find one it's like It's an old one. This scully's 15 years old, man. It's oh, an old scully. Why? Yeah, yeah. It's a vintage it's, it's, scully. It is. Concert worn. I bet I've done 100 shows in this shirt. Good for you. Yeah, man. But they're such good. I wanted to close on that. They're such good performance shirts. The fabric, the breathability, and there's yeah. just a real swag. And what I love about them, and this is, I want to give you credit for this. Like in big venues, they pop still. Yeah. And that matters. Like, if you're doing a big theater or something, like, like I'm in Vegas Friday night at the Green Valley Ranch. Oh, it's a great Vegas shirt. Lo yeah, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. You can wear it in Vegas. You look great. Got to. It's not the best shirt to get pulled over in around here. Uh, <laughs> I've had some dust-ups. Uh. Are you profiled if you get pulled over in New York wearing a Scully shirt? <laughs> I want to know, man. That, well, that's the other reason I think Fox wants me to dress better in the morning, for real. Right is because I look and have the energy of a guy who's still out from the night before. Does it change your attitude or your or your uh, pitch when you're wearing a scully versus a suit? Uh, on TV? Does it, do you feel different? Like you want to talk different? <laughs> do you button it up uh, verbally as well when you put on the suit? I don't think so. This is the point I'm trying to make, okay? You know the old adage like you can't fix grandpa? Well, back to what you and me are. We, we are what we are. You know what I mean? There's yeah. only one version of this. It's like Joe Biden would be a good example of that. There's not some other Biden they could send out to Maui. He's still going to make up a story about a house fire where he put a hot dog in his microwave or something weird. <laughs> and it's like that's just who the guy is. And I'd like to think we have that, but minus the dementia. We just have, right. you know, we're a good time version of that sort of thing. Yeah, we still remember each other's names for now. <laughs> for now, Jimmy. Someday I'll walk up and go... Yeah, so what's his name again? You know? <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> it, it is an honor uh, co-starring in the series finale of America with you. you know? Absolutely. We've I'm got, glad to be in the final we, season. We've got comedy and music, but now we can both say we started in the final season. That's not nothing. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody listening for supporting yep. what I do. I have no record deal, publishing deal. I stepped away from the entire music mm -hmm. industry because mm -hmm. they wouldn't let me sing what I wanted to. Yep. Now I'm singing what I want to, and I'm sitting at number one on the iTunes chart, and so... 
Thank you for downloading that record, guys. I greatly appreciate it. And there's, there's got to be nothing more badass before we go than the fact that they're getting the straight dope from you. There's no editorial oversight. It's right. just, you know, Zero. So all of that creative latitude, do you find that it's easier to create because you're not mindful of barriers? A hundred percent, man. It yeah. would be like somebody editing your jokes. Yeah. And you're going, I, have to, my, I think it's funny, but I have to make somebody else happy before yeah. I can say it. This is the freest I've ever been as a songwriter, singer in my whole life. Oh, good for is you. right now, and that's why I think that's why this record's doing good. People are listening to it, going, "I like every song on this record." You're damn I'm like, right yeah, that's because one. a record label uh, didn't edit it. You know, <laughs> some lawyer didn't come down it's and your, go, "You know, verse two. You're just hearing what I have to what I have to say <laughs> and what I think, and uh, the country truth, baby. That's what it's called. That God, we love it. Go buy two copies. You're the best, John Rich. Appreciate it. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And, of course, a shout-out to the legendary John Rich back on the charts at number one. That's a big deal. I like I love talking to John Rich uh, for the simple fact that I love I love talking to creatives because they're honest. You know, in order to make something that works, whether it's a song whether it's a joke, whatever it is, you're an author, whatever the hell you got to do. You've got to find some type of a truth that people agree with, you know, that resonates with people. Like when you're at a comedy club, one of the funniest things you'll hear is like you'll be telling a joke on stage and somebody in the second row will be like, we were just talking about that on the way over here. There's a shared reality that we all inhabit. And I think the success of his album no different than the Oliver Anthony album, you know, the Richmond North of Richmond or the Jason Aldean song, is these songs have a tremendous amount of upward mobility because they resonate with the truth we're all living in our lives. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, when you think about the Aldean song, what is he singing about? Thugs and robbers and rapists and murderers. Yeah, the crime rates are through the roof right now. Okay, John Rich speaking about, you know, people being offended or pretending to be offended and curtailing your speech rights or even Oliver Anthony. And what's fascinating with all of these songs is they would have been almost considered liberal anthems 10 years ago because the left used to be the party of free speech and sticking it to the man on behalf of the little guy. And now they're sitting around telling you the little guy needs to shut up and put down his guitar. They're crazy. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The moon landing. That beautiful moment of unity and progress. What if it was all both? Hi, my name is Jimmy Fallon, and I'm on a nationwide mission to uncover the truth about one of the oldest and wildest conspiracy theories of all time. Along the way, I'll be joined by the experts. And unlike every CDC task force ever assembled, we encourage different perspectives. The easiest way to fake the moon landing would be to shoot it on the moon. You have four times the proof necessary to prove that the moon landings are fake. There was never a point where I doubted that the moon landings were real. I taught Neil Armstrong everything he knows. <laughs> You're laughing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That was uh, William Shatner. Uh, playing along with the ruse that we might not have gone to the moon. Joining us now on the line, someone crazy enough to think we did. He is one of the many stars uh, featured in my new documentary, Moon Landing, Fact or Fiction, streaming now on Fox Nation. The great Bill Whittle joins us from L.A. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Good to talk to you again. How are you? Yeah, no, it's, it's nice to talk under less duress. When last we met, I believe we were sprinting out of a steakhouse so we could stick Fox with the bill. We did, in fact, and uh, I was back there just the other day, and it's a homeless tent now. So, um, 
you know, <laughs> progress marches along here in Los Angeles, and, and, and I'm a kid of the space age, so anytime we see progress makes me real happy. And by the way, I really want to thank you for coming up to the um, to the mental institution there and, and doing that interview with me through that thick plexiglass on those two phones. That was that was really sweet of you. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was nice. It, it brought me back to the COVID era when everything felt uh, like a banking transaction. Exactly. The only the only part I regret was that I had to take my Napoleon head off for the interview. But other than that, I thought it went very, very well. <laughs> the great Bill Whittle. Uh, let's talk about this for a second because you're half joking. Uh, but we could have we wouldn't have been wrong to feel partly institutionalized given where we shot that interview. Now, folks, <laughs> if you're not uh, intimately familiar with the workings of downtown L.A., we were shooting in a studio. What would you assume it was? It looked like we were on the set of a Mork and Mindy porno, did it not? It, well, first of all, it caused me horrendous PTSD uh, uh, flashbacks, which I haven't gotten over yet. But uh, it was it was a set that was from the um, looked like it was from the early seventies. I grew up in the seventies, by far the ugliest decade in American <laughs> history. Uh, it, it, it was a wide decade, you know. Mm -hmm. Everything was ties were wide, your lapels were wide. I had a tie you could have landed a, a jet aircraft on. I think <laughs> it, it was just an ugly. I love. I'll just put it to you this way, pal. That's the first time I ever wore triple knit polyester, and uh, it was. Um, it was. You could you could spill a turkey dinner on a suit, and just wash it off with a garden hose. So the whole the whole room was just. Is you know it was avocado. Yep. Toasters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It was weird, and we were in like a warehouse, uh, in an area of downtown LA. That, you know, for compa comparison's sake, here in New York, it's like our Canal Street where you can buy bootleg anything, mm -hmm. uh, any any pocketbook, any, you know, technology, any electronic, any anything uh, you could actually buy um, in right. that area. What, what, what was that neighborhood? What, what, what were we in? Well, I think we were in the magnificent heart of the, the second greatest city in America. I think that was at downtown Los Angeles, although you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference from, you know, Mogadishu or something if you looked out the window. Because things are going downhill south fast here, pal. Oh, you ain't kidding. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was, I actually thought I was being set up for some kind of, you know, drug cartel murder. But with that said. He's not, no, everybody, you need to know this. He's not lying, okay? I'm if, not lying. No, seriously, yeah. you get out of this thing and you're looking around. It's like, you know, it, 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 <laughs> what it really reminds me of, man, it was like walking into most likely Starport, you know? Yeah. Never will you find a more a more uh, wretched heim of scum and villainy. <laughs> but it turned out that the actual set was really kind of fun and cool, and, and, and I had a lot of fun doing it. No, it was great, and I'm so glad you did. We're talking to the great Bill Whittle. Uh, the documentary Moon Landing Fact or Fiction streaming on Fox Nation now. The commercials are airing on the channel. Uh, it's a big day for your favorite community college graduate. This is amazing. This is, this is wild <laughs> stuff. We, no one saw this coming. You when got I, to go to community college? Yeah. When I was, back uh, when I was majoring in Xbox so and Whippets. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Good for you, Whittle. Good for you. Um, but let's talk Moon Landing for a second. So you were, of course, sure. um, a focal point of the documentary because you were there to make uh -huh. the case that we, of course, landed on the moon, which I wholeheartedly uh -huh. agree with, just so we're clear. Uh, although the documentary did find me asking a lot of interesting questions along the way. We talked to Bart Sabrell, who was on a CIA kill list. Now, you weren't mm. part of that, but my question to you, it's a question I, I posed. I on the kill team. Yeah. Well, this is what I asked him. I'm like, how do you find out you're on a CIA kill list? Do they send you a save the date? How would you surmise something <laughs> like that works? Well, you know, given the... <laughs> Given the uh, the uh, the quality of the CIA in the last two decades, I guess the way you, you find that that you're on a CIA 
kill us is if you know tree trunks start exploding next to you or, and you know little chips come off of your car and you know 45 minutes of missed shots later you, you begin to figure out somebody's on you know, <laughs> you know in the movie picture the movie casino when de niro starts his car now imagine de niro starts his car and the one next to him blows up that's that's our government in the last decade you make a you good have, point yeah somebody i had a i had a prius scared welcome smashing through my camera just the other day i think they were after me um so yeah, so 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 look. With all seriousness, the, the the evidence is so overwhelming, but it's it's actually kind of easy to um, to see why people have such a hard time believing it anymore. Mostly for two reasons. First of all, because we're being lied to through our teeth pretty much constantly now, and most people think, well, that means everything has to be a lie, and that's just not true. Mm -hmm. But mostly, I think the reason people have a hard time who who do have a hard time believing it uh, weren't there. And what I mean by weren't there was. It's not like Apollo 11 just parachuted out of the sky. Guess what? You know, yeah, it's a big surprise for you. Oh, in today's news, we landed on the moon. <laughs> we've been we've been working on that step by step by step in front of the whole world for you know better part of seven, eight, ten years at least. Mm -hmm. And so you know, for people who think it's a, a hoax, well, did the hoax occur between Gemini eight and nine, or did it occur between Apollo nine and eight, or what? Mm -hmm. so? so Every one of these steps was was just a little improvement on the one before, and when you take all that context away, it's kind of hard to believe. Yep, we're talking to Bill Whittle, one of the stars of Moon Landing Factor Fiction, streaming now on Fox Nation. Uh, if nothing else, you know, it may not change your opinion on the moon, but everyone who watches this will change their opinion of their own fashion based on some of the things I wore on set during this documentary. But I will have I, you. I nearly turned around. It was pretty. It was a pretty near thing because we hadn't met before, and I and I and they say, well, here's the um, you know, here's the talent. And and by the way, Jim, you might want to talk about that because your producers, when they introduce you as the talent, they use air quotes, you know, and that just sounds like unprofessional. Good for you. But, I like um, it. I like the tough love. But, but it was it was um no you were you were very dressed stylishly and stylishly and something taken from some Italian restaurant someplace and uh <laughs> and we looked we looked good and and it was a really fun interview. I really had a lot of fun doing it. Well, I will not have you besmirch my overweight figure skater collection <laughs> that I'm wearing on TV. <laughs> most most people assume problem. I want on. I don't have enough sequins in my life. Yeah, I, I I used to be the guy that they would hoist at the end of the routine, but now I've got to be the guy doing the lifting because I kind of got, <laughs> got got a little got a little carried away during the pandemic, you know. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a problem, all right. So, no, you know the state that it's the um, it's the professional male skaters more suffered more than anyone, I think, during those those horrible years. <laughs> It wasn't pretty. Well, this is my take. Having, you know, traveled the country and interviewed everybody and, you know, everyone in between, what I what I really do love about the moon landing um, is the fact that it really was like the ultimate American muscle car. Like, we got together. It, yes. it, you know, it, it took almost 400,000 people and all the know-how we had, and we built a muscle car and shot it up we to did. the moon. And it's like one of the most badass things you could ever do. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, what frustrates me, is I don't look around today feeling like we could build the muscle car if we had to. I don't feel like we have that, you know, that collective motivation the way we once did. Like, to give you an example, the U.S. women's soccer team loses yesterday. Half the country, probably more than that, finds it hilarious because they've been kind of anti-America for the better part of, you know, the last four, three or four years. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like we're more divided. Do you think we're living in an America where if we had a space race to win, we could still do it? I actually do. Um, I mean, and SpaceX is is pretty good evidence of what happens when 
when you've got one person in charge and and you don't have to constantly beg Congress for money and have so you say the you private know, sector is that what you're saying would that yeah. would be our chance yeah okay I think so I mean SpaceX is doing things that that uh, that NASA wasn't able to do in the in the 1960s mm-hmm. but but that's almost all of that is due to the fact that you've got a goal and a, and a mission. Elon Musk wants to, you know, he said he wants to die on Mars. He just said he didn't want to do it on landing. And I thought that was perfect. So, so you can, we still have the technology. It's not even, I almost said, see, I fell into the same trap that I was mm-hmm. trying to avoid during this entire documentary. Mm-hmm. It's not a question of technology. It's a question of willpower and confidence. And, um, and when you've got those two things, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. The people say, Oh, we didn't have the computing power to, to land on the moon. And, and my response would be, well, that's kind of why we cut those big windows into the thing, you know, into the lunar module, because mm-hmm. the, the, the computer power is up in Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin's head. Whoa. And, mm-hmm. and if you listen to the landing, if you listen to the audio of the landing, it's nothing but Neil Armstrong being absolutely silent and Buzz Aldrin just being his, his you know, his, his computer. 400 feet, down 20, down 20, okay, drifting to the right a little, down forward, little fast, little fast. It just It's just... It's completely doable, but you've got to have the will to do it. My favorite line ever about the space race or about the moon landing ever is from um, Apollo 13. It's right in the very beginning of the movie, and Tom Hanks is drunk, and he's sitting out back in his yard with his wife, and he's playing Jim Lovell with Commander Apollo 13. And, and, mm-hmm. and Hanks puts his finger up in front of the moon, puts his thumb up, blocks out the whole moon, and he says, so, uh, yeah, we went to the moon. He said, there wasn't anything magical about it. We just decided to go. And I thought, yeah, man, that's that's it in a nutshell. Just decided to go. So we did. I love that. Um, we're talking to Bill Whittle, the documentary, Moon Landing Factor Fiction. He carries the whole thing. He'd be the first one to humbly tell you that. Um, I, I love it's the first time I carried you, too, and, I, and I'm hoping this is the beginning of a long and, and a beautiful friendship. <laughs> it worked out for me as well. It was nice. Uh, I will say this, though. I think the contrarian take, obviously is that, you know, the government has demonstrated so much ineptitude, you know, and, and obviously the lies we've been told about multiple wars sure. and, and the vaccine and everything. So I yeah. actually expect, despite, you know, a very sound analysis by yourself and so many others who've made it abundantly clear that we did go to the moon, I actually expect the number of skeptics to grow. And Fox Nation, they did a poll today uh, prior to the release of this, and mm-hmm. they found that 27% of people don't believe we landed on the moon uh would you that's a shockingly high number and uh-huh. and it's also lower than i thought it would be Is that... <laughs> um... no, that, that's the truth yeah uh, because okay. you know the, one of the problems in in just in general uh, these days is that people who know things to be true just disengage from the conversation. Mm-hmm. There, there's been a number of times when people say, don't even argue with these people. I said, no, no, on the contrary, you walk away from the pop culture, you're going to, you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to lose, you know? Yeah. So conservatives walked away from the movie business and now the movie business is, is the most progressive uh, industry in, in, in the world, which is why Los Angeles is a tent city now. Are you, wait, are you telling me you're not going to go to Disney's remake of Peter Pansexual? <laughs> it's not that I'm going to go. It's just that I'm afraid most of my stuff's on the cutting room floor. You know, that's a heartbreak <laughs> for for a guy to face. Uh, so, so, you know, it's you, you really a lot of it is just that that people just assumed that it was so obvious that they just walked away from the argument. Here's the real thing about it, though about mm. about the deniers, right? Mm. 
They can sit there and take pot shots at the most minor things. Oh, well, these likely, you know, here's a here's a rock that's got an odd-shaped crack on it. It must be the letter C. It's a prop rock or something. Yeah. And and they say, therefore, we didn't go. And and what no one is really doing is saying, okay, let's just say you're right and I'm wrong. Let's just do that. So if we didn't go, then what actually happened? Tell me, tell me what happened. And they'll they'll say something. What well, was shot on a on a on a soundstage? Well, okay. Well, if you shot it on a soundstage, then why did you, on later missions, put a a car up there and drive the car live on the, on the surface of the soundstage? for half an hour at seven miles an hour. So why, why, why do we cover 30 miles on the soundstage? Would anybody have said it didn't happen if we didn't have a car up there? Why do, why do we go six times if it was on a soundstage? In fact, if we shot the thing on a soundstage, why do the astronauts have mirrored visors? You would think that those mirrors would do nothing but show cameras and lights and crew. And Why do we do that? And, and when you try to pin people down on an actual explana- alternate explanation, they can never provide it. They just find one or two details out of the millions and millions of details. Mm-hmm. And they say, see, that didn't happen. That's wrong. And mm-hmm. then when you explain to them how that one is explainable, then they move on to the next one. And and I've had to deal with this before. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. But it's also understandable. No, it, it makes sense. Bill Whittleman, uh, I, I, I'm so fascinated now because, you know, I, I obviously came into this knowing we landed on the moon and everything like that. But I'm fascinated by this contrarian industry because the point you just made is the one that resonates with me the most. It's that their contrarian take is usually based on like, oh, the shadows on these two things are off. But if the elevation of two objects is different, the shadows are going to point in different directions. Like it's pretty easily disproven. But people, are you not amazed what people are willing to hang so much belief on? Or do you think they know better and they're just exploiting the gullibility of others? I actually don't know the answer to that last question, but but just as one example, if if I'm standing at a parking lot, right, just a regular old parking lot, big big mall parking lot, and I and I put the camera down there and I look at an empty parking space and I just start playing around with the lens and I go to a wide angle lens, those two lines that I park between are going to start to diverge, mm-hmm. and and they're going to say these lines aren't parallel. It's like well, they, it's because we're <laughs> because we're on the ground, we've got a perspective shift, and because we got a 30 millimeter lens on this thing. Let me just turn it up to 200 millimeters. You watch the lines get straighter right in front of your eyes. So, so all of these things have an explanation, but really, some level, the desire to believe in something overwhelms your rational mind. And I'll give you the greatest example of this. It's got nothing to do with the moon landing. Uh-huh. There's a lot of people out there who who believe that there's a Loch Ness monster, that there's this giant plesiosaur. Mm-hmm. In Loch Ness, and apparently there's another big expedition going to look for it, and and this is how a desire to believe in something just shuts your brain off. They're claiming that in Loch Ness there's a surviving plesiosaur dinosaur, and you know long neck thing with the flippers, yeah. and this is an air breathing creature, and so if there's an air breathing creature in Loch Ness. We shouldn't have a picture of it once every four or five decades. <laughs> you know, we we should be able to get high quality HD video of this thing coming up for air. Listen, seven, eight, ten I'm, I'm not going to sit here while you monster shame Nessie. Okay, maybe it has anxiety. Maybe it needs some Paxil. Don't be hitting me with all this science, Whittle. Are they're they're, <laughs> they're claiming that there's an air breathing animal that lives under the water, and I claim that there are air breathing animals that live under the water, and they're called whales. <laughs> And I've got 20 million pictures of whales taken every single day. 
This is the, I'm jumping in on you because this is the brilliant analysis they need. We got to sell the sizzle, not the steak, which is a fancy way of me saying I'm 10 seconds from a commercial break. Whittle, this was amazing. Let's do it again soon, and everyone needs to go watch the doc. Okay, buddy. Sounds great. Unless I can't wait to see it. The legendary Bill Whittle. There we go. Back after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Fox Across America Labor Day Spectacular has come to an end, but we are back on the air tomorrow, girlfriend, ready to rumble, and the stretch run is on. We are in a one-month stampede to the filming of my stand-up comedy special, American Privilege. It tapes at the Paramount in Huntington, Friday night, October the 13th. You better be there. I need the support, and I need somebody to keep me away from the craft services before I go on stage. I need to make sure this wardrobe fits. They spent some money on this. I can't be the guy splitting his Elvis jumpsuit. That was embarrassing. <laughs> so come out, if for no other reason than to play a little defense for your radio buddy. But enjoy the rest of this glorious Labor Day, and remember, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.